This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. This is episode 18 with Amy Palmer from powerwomentv.com. Power up on purpose. This is On Purpose with Justin Barclay. Extraordinary stories of ordinary heroes on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to On Purpose. My name's Justin Barclay, reformed radio shock jock turned inspiration junkie. Each week, we bring you extraordinary stories of ordinary heroes living their daily lives, turning pain into purpose, finding opportunity in the obstacles, and transforming tragedy into triumph. What separates them from the others? How do they stand out above the crowd? We dissect their process and uncover their powerful secrets, the keys to living life on purpose. Today, we're hanging out with a real live power woman. It's Amy Palmer from Power Women TV. How did she go from MTV to PowerWomenTV.com, her own network, and doing work for some amazing, some major companies? This is quite an interesting story. We'll walk you through uh, how Amy got started in it all, the very beginnings at MTV, the funny cartoon that she was actually working for at the time, and how it built into the amazing the massive network that she has today. Some of the key lessons that she learned coming up in just a few minutes, we'll share those with you. The stumbling blocks along the way and what you can look out for and use to your own advantage all coming up in this episode. But first, let me give some shout outs and some credit to some folks who left us a really cool five-star rating and review online at justinbarclay.com slash podcast in the Apple iTunes store. By the way, this helps us get noticed, get the word out, and get, I think, the show in front of more people. That's how iTunes works. It's kind of this crazy rating system, so we appreciate you helping us with this. Uh, Rockin' Real Estate Rebel says, Justin is excellent. Great show. Very inspiring. Top podcast, according to June age 78. One of my favorite podcasts. Thank you, Justin. And then great show from Henry Lopez at How of Business. Inspiring. Thanks for the great show. Please keep it up. Hey, thank you so much for leaving those. Again, if you'd like to leave your five-star rating and review, we'll give you a little shout-out, maybe a little promotion if you leave your blog or podcast name or even social media handle in there. We'd love to just give you a shout-out for being a part of this big community and helping us get the word out. All right, so now without any further ado, let's get our Power Women on. Let's power up. Let's talk to Amy Palmer, the creator of Power Women TV. So happy to be with you today. It's, uh, you know, it's really cool. You've got a really great story. And, uh, you know, like I was telling you um, just a few moments ago, I'm really, I'm just grateful. I'm excited to, to help uh, to spotlight this. Um, women in business is a pretty cool thing. And I think that, you know, I think that nine times out of 10 business in the entrepreneurial spirit, 
Um, a lot of people feel like there's barriers to that entry, that there's gatekeepers anyway for, for people, anybody in general, right? The average person. And I think it can also feel even more overwhelming in some ways for women too. So I think it's really cool that, that you are inspiring, leading by example and, uh, kind of showing, yeah, that, that this, all of this is possible. So, uh, very cool. By the way, how did, how did you how did you start? Where did, where did this, this kind of entrepreneurial spirit, um, come from with you? Did this something that you always had as a kid or, you know, that's an interesting question because I was always a writer, you know, like I grew up and I was always writing books and I was always very creative, but I think that I started to learn that I was an entrepreneur when I got my first job at MTV. Mm. I was working on a show called Daria. I'm oh not yeah. Sure if, okay. Daria. Be, Daria. Right. So she it was, was awesome. Spin off of Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. And this was not a job that I really wanted. I really wanted to work at MTV News and I eventually wanted to be a VJ, but I got my foot in the door. I said, Of course, I'll do whatever job you ask me to do. Mm-hmm. And this was the mid 90s, right? When mm-hmm. everything was so cool about MTV, you just mm-hmm. wanted to be there. So I realized that I was a rule breaker. I realized that I could look at a situation and I knew how to get to from point A to point B quicker than the people that I were was around mm-hmm. who were 20 to 30 years older than me at the time. So let's stop right there. Cause I'm already hearing something that I want to want to want to stop and pursue with you. H- how important was it for you to say, okay, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get my foot in the door. Cause I think a lot of people now, especially the millennial generation, you hear a lot of this where it's like, if it's not perfect, it doesn't, it just does, you know, like I can't, I can't do it. So I'm really able to identify easily the people who are going to make it in this industry mm-hmm. or an in industry in general, because it takes and it takes hustle to the point of where nothing else exists. And for kids who are coming out of college and they want everything to be perfect and they think they're going to land a job and become or have an idea and become the next Mark Zuckerberg, Mm -hmm. it's not happening. You have to have so much hustle and confidence in yourself that you are going to move mountains to make your dreams come true. And I I can't enforce that enough. So I knew that, yeah, I do not want to be an animation producer. I don't like Beavis and Butthead. I have no idea what's going on. I mean, one episode at that time at MTV to create an animated show, it took nine months to oh. create one episode. And I move at the speed of light. I have, I literally have no patience. I'm, a, I'm an, you know, in that way, I'm an entrepreneur. I think quickly. But I understood that just getting my foot in the door as a 22-year-old kid was more important, and I could take whatever I needed to learn from everybody around me and apply it to my own goals. Mm. Yeah, a lot of people, even in the entrepreneurial field, people that want to have that that freedom and, and pursue their own things, a lot of procrastination comes from people that have to have perfection or looking for that versus, Hey, let's just, as Seth Godin would say, like, just, just ship, like, just get it going. And then you adjust along the way. It sounds like that's what you did. Yeah. It's basically my whole career. It's yeah. Okay. So you want to hire me for this position. And in my head, I say, as long as I get in the door, I will reshape 
my environment and myself so that I'm able to go to the next step within this corporation. You know, as a kid, that's how I thought. And if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a business person and you have an opportunity and say it's not the right client or it's the night or it's not the right um, business model that you're involved with, think about what you can take from that and then reshape it through your own efforts. And it's, it's not something I think that can be taught. It's really an innate thing within you. But the more you do it, the more you're going to get it. And it's really just about following your instincts. So even though that's not something that you want to do at that point as you know, as you, you are working at this amazing place and probably meeting some really cool people and learning some great things, you go ahead and take that position, you take that spot to get your foot in the door. What are you learning? What do you learn during, at, during that time at MTV? So I learned how to be a producer. I learned how to work with talent. I learned how to um, work with creative people, uh, writers, directors. I learned about really the ins and outs of a media company. Um, I worked with legal. I worked with um, talent, the talent department. I got to work with huge stars that would come in and do voices on Daria. Um, I, I really learned how to also be a good assistant because I worked for somebody who was hard on me. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people out there who are listening to this, I'm sure has worked with a difficult boss, right? And it's horrible. However, from what I know at this point in my career, I have learned more from my horrible bosses than I have my good bosses. Isn't that funny? (laughs) (laughs) Which is really a metaphor Uh, for life, right? Because the the more stuff you go through, the more, the stronger you become. But when you're 22 years old and you think that you are, you you know, you've got it all figured out and you land in front of someone who's going to work you and who's really not the best role model, you learn what you don't want to do. You learn who you are and you learn how to navigate difficult personalities. Mm -hmm. And I have to say that that experience really, really helped me and shaped me. And sometimes as you get older and you're in your own career and you become a boss, there's little warning signals like, oh, no, am I becoming that person? And if so, I've got to retreat and rethink this. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, so, and, yeah. And, and it's crazy because I've been on both sides of that. I've worked for them and then I, I probably have been that person, you know, <laughs> right. but as the as I think the, the good news is, as as you go along and you learn right and you evolve, like you just said, you learn what's good and what works and what doesn't. And you don't have to stay that way. You don't have to stay that way. And obviously we're all on this journey journey. We're all becoming the person that we're meant to be. If you're evolved, if you're self-aware and I think it's really important to take the lessons of the hard times that you're going through, no matter where you are in your career and apply it to what can mm-hmm. I do better? You know, and that's nothing will, nothing will show shine a spotlight on you more than becoming an entrepreneur. It literally shines a light on you and it exposes every single flaw and strength that you have. And you really look in the mirror and you either say, I'm great or I'm really crappy and I've got to figure this out. To put it into video terms, it's like when HD TV came around and all the news anchors and people on television started flipping out because the cameras show so much, right? It's so they need this special makeup because every little wrinkle and every little crevice was exposed. You cannot hide from yourself when you become an entrepreneur. Yeah. It is, I think it's the number one golden rule 
that it's you really you find out who you are. Mm. It's so funny. I just heard a quote the other day, and I know I'm going to probably butcher this, but I'll paraphrase it. And I don't even remember who said it, but it's so great is that the only way um, is through. Yes, it's it's 100 percent true. We can try and do a million things to go around the hard stuff. That includes relationships, you know, finances, business ideas. But the only way to make it happen for yourself is to go through the heart. It's like walking through like a vat of glass, like, mm-hmm. like a pool of glass. And it's really painful. But I will say that at the end of it or, you know, at the end of that first round, you are you're a bigger person for it. So I think that the real key for these types of things in life and in business is don't be afraid of the mess. Just go right through it. Hmm. How do you get from taking this job with Beavis and Butthead <laughs> off Daria, right? In NTV, and it sounds like a very sexy thing and a very sexy place, but it's so funny to hear you describe this because the reality uh, sounds like it was a lot different, yet a great place for you to launch and, and learn. But being that it's just something that didn't quite do it for you, light your fire, etc., how did you navigate? And how would you recommend that other people do that too. We'll ask this question with Amy and you'll get the answer right after this. By the way, a great free resource for you is my VIP all access newsletter. You can grab it right now for absolutely free. Just text in four, four, two, 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 the word, Justin, my name to four, four, two, two, two. It'll ask for your email, send that back and you're automatically in the VIP yeah, give you tips, tricks, inspiration to help you. Literally dozens of ways to create more freedom in your life. And we'd love to see you on the inside. This is On Purpose. On, purpose. on the Blaze Radio Network. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's. I mean, it's not going to sell your home. I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. is on purpose on the blaze radio network from mtv to power woman tv how do you make the jump how do you start where you are right now and make the leap to where you really want to be amy palmer joins us with that answer right now amy what was it that did it for you well, you know, obviously that's a 15 year run of how I got from there to here, but really it was about, I, I always had a vision for myself. I always knew that wherever I was, I wasn't going to be staying there too long. Mm. It wasn't that I was, wasn't committed to where I was. It was, what am I learning here that I'm going to take to the next step? Mm-hmm. So I went through MTV and I worked on everything that a 20 something wanted to work on. 
the Beach House, TRL, you know, these fun spring break shows that, you know, we would see all the wildness going on and the celebrities. I learned, obviously, a lot from there. I had a lot of fun. But I knew that I wanted to be on television. I knew that I wanted my own voice. So I took a an 80% pay cut at the age of 29 years old. Mm. My parents were like, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, really? We put you through college, which was a sacrifice for them. And you're doing quite well as a producer. And now you're going back to where you were at 22 and making no money. Oh, they never, I mean, and they mean well, right? Parents, relatives, but they always look at you like leaving the nest, leaving the safe zone, right? What are you doing? (laughs) What could you possibly be thinking and also because they grew up in a very different generation where someone had a job for Mm -hmm. 35 years and Mm -hmm. then had a pension right my parents the same way same right okay so they didn't understand that we were this generation that we were going to jump from job to job take what we wanted from each job Mm -hmm. and possibly do something great so I, i i went on camera and i was horrible I was so bad. I, 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 and I would critique myself, which was an interesting thing because as a producer, I had coached all these famous people, you know, at MTV, I would have Justin Timberlake and Halle Berry and JLo and Christina Aguilera come in and I would produce their segments and I would produce the the VJs and Carson Daly and, and everyone we grew up with. So I knew when I was bad. So I was able to look at myself, the tapes and I'm, you know, I'm sure as a radio guy, like, you know, too, right. Mm -hmm. You've had to kind of coach yourself through some dark things. And, um, and I was able to get myself to a place that I thought I was better. I, um, eventually got hired in, uh, in New York city as a TV publicist slash producer for a network that was run by the city of New York called NYC TV. Mm. And Mike Bloomberg was our mayor then. Mm-hmm. He was an incredible visionary. And he had put some resources behind this government television station. I obviously, I obviously saw it as a breeding ground for me to come in and build something great. But they hired me to be you know, a producer. In my mind, I knew that I was going to be on air. So I went there and I said to my general manager, I said, listen, I have an idea for an entertainment show. I'm going to use all my contacts that I have at MTV and I'm going to create something amazing for the city of New York. And he said, "Okay." he allowed me to do that. I ran around New York City for four years and I put together a show called New York 360 that focused on music, fashion, theater, uh, technology. It was the um, the emergence of startups at the time. So I was interviewing, you know, the founder of Daily Candy and and all these great companies and Thrillist. And I created this show that I literally thought would last for three episodes wound up airing on NBC in New York and nominated for several Emmys. Yeah. And I, I just knew that I was in my sweet spot because I wasn't just on camera. I was creating the show. I was developing other talent on the show and I was able to really take things that I was seeing that was happening, the cultural zeitgeist in New York and putting it on in media. So this was, it was very exciting for me. So you're taking like the things that you already know or have learned, right? In other places, those resources, the contacts, network, all that. And you're, you're kind of using that to 
fuel and develop this new thing. You kind of skate to where the puck is going and you're saying, I want to do this. And you use all of that. I used all of it. And remember, I was working, I was used to working at MTV, which had the best shooters, the best editors, right? (laughs) And I went to the municipal building downtown by the courthouses with... I mean, they were great. They really wanted to learn, but uh-huh. you know, guys who were used to shooting the mayor at press conferences. Yep. And I would, I was taking them to the red carpet, to the movie premieres, mm-hmm. to the celebrities, to the set of Martha Stewart's TV oh, show. Boy. And I was teaching them how to shoot for, you know, an entertainment tonight type show. Right. So there was a big learning curve there is also at the editors. And I have to say it was a great time in my life because I was able to really develop myself. And like I said, a lot of talent. Do you learn more through that process of teaching them too? Oh my gosh. I, yes. And it's, it gives me, it gives me joy too, because they can be frustrated with me because I'm sure as any business person out there or entrepreneur out there was listening, you have somebody in your head mm-hmm. and it's up to us yeah. to be able to tell that to other, someone else who doesn't have that image in their head. So that's, that was very challenging for me. But after several years and, you know, some, some bumps, we got there. When you're, yes, I do enjoy that. When you're creative, like you, like you said, you have that vision, right? You have that picture of what's in your head and you really, that's the toughest part, right? Is, is communicating that to other people. You know, people aren't, they're either going to come with you or they're not most probably not. But if you can, you can help communicate that and move them along. And I always said, uh, it's so funny, Amy, because this would happen to me in my career on the radio, but it also still happens now when I talk to people where I noticed that if you can make it with in situations where you don't have everything that you need, like, you know, you have that list of like, Oh, I need all of this perfect stuff and I can do exactly what I want to do. If I have this equipment and if I have these people and all those things, right. If you can make it without those things, you can make it anywhere. And I tell the people that I talk to now who have the same situation, they're struggling, like you said, in that kind of environment, in the situation where they don't have um, what they what they really would love to have and they're lacking in those things. I said, man, this is the, this is the best. Get ready, because what you're doing now, you, you couldn't pay for. You're learning how to make this happen. So when you do have all those things, all the toys and the, the bells and the whistles and everything that you want, it's going to be so much better. It's so much easier. It, here, here's the irony. When you're an entrepreneur and you don't have any resources and you have to think out of the box, it becomes natural for you to make things happen and you Mm. can move very, very quickly. When you become more successful and you have all the bells and the whistles, that you then have to deal with layers of corporation, Mm. which makes it harder to make it happen, even though you have the bells and the whistles. Mm -hmm. So you almost wish you could go back to being that, to to moving so quickly with yeah. your, you know, mayor, you know, the, the team that, that shoots the mayor because oh, yeah. they're just, you're, you're, I call it running and gunning. I said, we're just going to run and gun it guys. Yeah. Take, take your cameras. We're going to go shoot this segment and we're going to edit it in 24 hours. But when you're at a network, you've got to go through this this department this approval that and it's it's so much harder but that's why entrepreneurs are winning 
because we move faster, quicker, and smarter than corporate America. And so anyone who's struggling and thinking, oh, well, she had cameramen and she had this, uh, we have iPhones now that are better than the cameras that I shot those shows with that were nominated for Emmys. Full disclosure, this show is being recorded on an iPhone. And it's it's fantastic. It and it's better than any stu- yeah. <laughs> right. right? It's better than any sound studio you could go to. So it, it's just we are in such a remarkable time right now, mm-hmm. especially for content creation. That there is no excuse for somebody to say, I can't do it because I don't have all of those things. And we have, and we also have distribution. So we have Facebook live, we have YouTube, we have Snapchat, we have everything we need. I honestly think we're in a really golden age. And I think we're going to look back years from now and look at this moment and say, well, I, I had an idea for this and I didn't do it. Or, and that's the thing, the regret, right? Knowing that now is the time to make these things happen. You can build a fortune with a YouTube channel or on Facebook or, you know, with simple tools and technologies right now that, that are, are, are amazing. And most, most are free. That's they're all free. It really, they're all free. All it does is require patience And it requires not giving up, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people think, oh, I just did a Facebook Live and three people came. (laughs) Well, what if you did Facebook Live every single day and you kept building followers and followers and followers, and then by the end of it, you had 100,000 followers. You built something. And those are the stories and those are the people who will break through. But it's also the equivalent of our parents or people who were coming up in the 70s and 80s who hustled and who did it, who, who, uh, stood out from the crowd in their own way. It's just applying the same Mm -hmm. hustle, but using different technologies. And we have so much more afforded to us now that there really isn't that excuse. So yeah, you do not need the equipment to build a TV show, a radio show or anything like that. How do you take your weaknesses and turn them into your strengths? Can that even be done? Amy Palmer joins us to tell us a little bit more about how she did it in her own life. And I think you may be surprised. The answer is not what you think it is. We're back with Amy right after this. This is On Purpose with Justin Barclay on the Blaze Radio Network. Technology has enabled individuals to be able to wage war on behalf of whatever ideology, whatever cause it is they think that they are in support of. And they can turn themselves into a global news story as well as creating a mass casualty attack. It is a lot easier now than it used to be. That much is true. Buck Sexton, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. This is On Purpose with Justin Barclay on the Blaze Radio Network. Amy Palmer from Power Women TV has accomplished quite a few pretty cool things in her life and in her career. And she did them on purpose. So the the thing that I hear too, Amy, and the, the, the theme here is turning 
adversity into advantage. You know, that's the name of the show is on purpose, and it's about turning pain into purpose, tragedy into triumph, a lot of these stories. But let's talk about, in some ways, you can look at this as turning the thing that you, you think that you are lacking and is a, is a negative actually can be a positive and in your favor. And it sounds like that's a lot of what you've done. As a matter of fact, um, we were just kind of talking about something that a project that you've been working on and, and before we started recording here and you mentioned something really cool. I thought was really interesting. Um, a lot of people hold back because they want to get their website perfect and they want to get this thing perfect or whatever. And you've built a pretty big business, um, a pretty cool new effort here with something that you're working on without any of these things. Let's talk a little bit about that. Sure. So, um, when I built power women TV, which, you know, we'll get to in a second and we're now partnered with time Inc, which means all of my video content lives on people and in style and fortune. And so I have this huge network where my content lives, But what happened along the way is because I shared so much on social media and my journey of being a female entrepreneur is that women started to come to me and say, can you do for me what you did for yourself? You know, I have a blog or I have, I'm a great cook or this or that. And an accidental business was born out of this. And I decided not to build a website for it. I don't have any social media channels for it. I'm not on LinkedIn and it's called Gracie Gray Entertainment and we're a branding social media strategy company do, uh, you know, strategy for Facebook live and we do public relations and it's all through word of mouth and I've been very successful with it. I mean, I would say my star client for anyone who watches the today show is a woman named Dr. Natalie Azar. She is the main NBC medical correspondent on NBC Nightly News, the Today Show, and on MSNBC. She was my personal doctor. She was never on television, and she said, I really want to be on TV. And I said, okay, let me help you. And within a year, she was now – she's on the – I mean, if you turn on the Today Show in this, this week, she'll be on at least three times. So, And she's paid for it. So – one of the things that I've been able to do is to take somebody and understand where to place them in the media and also help them through a digital strategy to get them out there. Hold on. You're telling me you don't have like a Snapchat. There's no No. like Facebook, you know, you didn't like wait to get your blog perfect and get your logo done and tweak just right. No, (laughs) there's not one. And people say to me, you know, can I go to your website? And I said, I have a deck. You know, I have a deck that I'll send to people, Mm -hmm. but no, it is all through word of mouth. And, um, so that is also proof that if you don't even need a website, I mean, not, I'm not suggesting that that's the way to go, but Mm -hmm. it's power women TV attracts, you know, attracts people to what I've built. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I speak to them, you know, I say, I do this also. So it's, it's, um, it's been interesting and it's been great to help people, accomplished what they've wanted to accomplish just by opening doors or showing them a different way of thinking. Okay. So I think the thing that I'm hearing the most here in the thing that I see a lot of times that causes people to have problems and, and I get it is that people think that the tools or the technology that we have, that's good for leveraging 
our business or our skills or whatever it might be is the actual answer to the business and getting around the act, the work and the things that you really kind of need to do. If you don't know how to do the relationship part or the selling yourself to somebody part, like, you, you know, those, those things that you're doing in your business, if you don't know how to do those things, getting a Facebook page and learning how to do Snapchat or uh, building your blog and getting your, your logo 100% fine-tuned, all those things and the branding and colors and all that, right? Like that stuff is not is going to leverage your lack of skills or your lack of the ability, whatever it is that you're trying to avoid, versus help leverage all of the good things that you that you knew know how to do and that you've worked on first right because you could have the most beautiful website in the world and be a whiz at snapchat but if you can't get your client from point a to point b or even get into a room and help other people understand the value that you bring then you don't have anything you have a very nice website so i think that Mm. you know when i say you know going back to the beginning of our conversation I can identify easily the people who want to be successful versus those who don't, because it is not just about going to college and then going to get a cushy job because those cushy jobs don't exist anymore because every industry is being disrupted. You have to be such an innovator and you have to hustle so much that those skills have to be learned early on. I mean, I, all I wanted to be in my life was a Katie Couric or a Barbara Walters. I really, that's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to interview people. Mm. But I understood at a certain point that I could, that I could be hired for that. And I, I did have a part of my career where I was on television every day. I was on the biggest networks, MSNBC, VH1, um, Entertainment Tonight, Access Hollywood. I was an entertainment reporter and I was working. But I knew that within a few years, somebody would say, oh, you know what? we're going to hire a 23 year old to do that. We're going to do that. We don't need that show. And I had seen a lot of women in my industry be cut off after a certain age. Mm. And I thought to myself, that woman gave up holidays, vacations, her kids moments, you know, marriages, divorces Mm. for what? So that she could be fired because she was 50 years old, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, I think it is changing in our industry because I do see older women, you know, more and more on television. But I thought that being in a position of power in my industry would not only help me develop something of strength, but it would also help me elevate other women in the industry mm. so that if there were talented women of a certain age, they weren't being put out to pasture or mm. I could help them understand that by developing themselves on air, which is great they would also have to develop brands. They have to develop a business that gives them more value than their face. And I think that in the world of Kardashians and everything else that our young girls are exposed to, this is a very important message. So really that's what I'm all about at the core is really just elevating women to a position of power and strength. You know, it's funny. I've seen it in my own 
career in my own life. I was at the top and was winning, was even winning. And here I am, my dream job eventually kind of turned into a nightmare. And I thought, you know, the deal was you get, you know, I worked on morning radio, so it was simple. You get good ratings. You can do that for the rest of your life. You know, I thought I was like working at the last place that I would ever work. Well, one day the, the guy who, who brought me in, he decided he was going to retire and, um, he decides to, uh, to go and had to, he had health issues. The, the job, his job was actually, was literally killing him. Um, and you know, so he goes, they bring somebody else new. And of course that person wants to like make their mark and they bring new people in. And so I was shown the door. They had just signed a contract with me, um, just a few months earlier. And so the good news is I got paid to sit and kind of figure all of this out. But that was the biggest thing that hit me. Exactly what you said, Amy was hold on. Wait, 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 wait. I've, I've given my, like I, I, from, from high school, like that's when I first started in radio and a lot of sacrifices, you know, it paid off for me. I was, I was happy with what I, you know, basically that I was doing what I wanted to do, but I was looking down the road and I had just gotten married and you know, it's this weird thing that happens to us when we start to, you know, think about like I was thinking about my wife and thinking about myself because a lot of my career was built based upon just me. Right. And I could Mm -hmm. move around and I could do whatever I wanted. And it wasn't bad if I lurked all these crazy hours and all this stuff. But then I started thinking about my wife and, you know, kids down the road and having to pull them out of schools. Because when you start thinking about things in that different perspective, when the world's bigger than just you, you know, that's when things kind of change. And I thought, there's no way I'm going to do this. I started getting other offers from other people. And I just I said, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm done. I didn't know what I was going to do. I knew that there would be something better coming along the way. But this deal was broken. And. Um, that's what I'm hearing with you. I think it's even worse for women in entertainment because you're absolutely right. Exactly what you just said about, you know, hey, when your time's up, I mean, they just throw you away. They do. And I think that and and I think it's not just, you know, I'm not um, I love men. We're not we're not, you know, men haters here. And it's it's not about that. It's just about the reality of the entertainment mm-hmm. industry yep. and even and talent. Just being talent, it's mm-hmm. not enough. Like what you said, right? Like you're so successful. You've been building your career since you were a kid. And then all of a sudden management comes in and decides that's enough. Well, no, that's not enough because mm-hmm. you sacrificed your whole life for this. As women, we have the extra pressure of a biological clock. Mm -hmm. We are mostly caretakers, even if we are the breadwinners. It's just, it's just the way it's set up. And it's, um, a lot of things that are happening with this generation of women is they can't survive in corporate America. So they opt out. And they start their own businesses. So that's why we're seeing the rise of the female entrepreneur is because they say, I'm talented. I'm smart. I can do this on my own. Let me start a business either by myself or with my friends. And we can pull on some income because I've got to pick up my kids. I have a special needs child. Whatever it is, it's become impossible for women 
very, I'm not, not 100% impossible, but it's very difficult for women to rise through the ranks of many, yeah. co- of many companies. So, you know, I can't even tell you the meetings that I go to, and I'm in New York City where I'm the only female. Mm-hmm. The gatekeepers are mostly men. And I see mostly male entrepreneurs, you know, under the age of 40 being kind of celebrated in the New York, the New yeah. York tech scene. Mm-hmm. So I find that, um, you know, my mission is, is great in order to have sort of that voice for women everywhere that you can do this. We're going to disrupt the whole model of women um, working. What does that look like? Let's be the generation that disrupts it for the next generation. So our daughters know I'm going to have kids. I'm going to get married if that's what I want. And I'm going to have a career, but, I, but it's going to be manageable and I'm not going to have to sacrifice one for the other because there's also a whole generation out there who didn't have children because they were kind of forced to choose. So years ago, they called this the Oprah effect. Like when somebody would go on her show, they would sell all these books or uh, she would talk about something that she loved. People would go out and buy them because she had this bond, this trust that was built. And it was over a large scale, right? A massive audience. Now, that same thing is happening with individuals because they're building the same kind of bonds through their blogs, through their podcasts, uh, social media, etc., it's really powerful that anybody can now create that audience and share the things that they love and the things that are making a difference. She kind of led that way. I want to talk about what you're doing with Power Women TV because I think it's it's rather um, similar. What is Power Women TV and how did Amy even start this thing? How was it born? We'll talk about that right after this. Ordinary heroes walk among us every day. These are their stories. On Purpose with Justin Barclay on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss the morning blaze with Doc and Skip. You have to be a complete and utter moron to not know separate server equals something you don't want people to know, probably for nefarious purposes. Theft. Corruption, murder, bribery. Is that what you want from a secretary of state, a senator, especially a president? The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip. Weekday mornings, 6 to 9 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Extraordinary stories of ordinary heroes. This is On Purpose with Justin Barclay on the Blaze Radio Network. Get more tips, tricks, and inspiration at justinbarclay.com. Just click the blue link on the side there and you can grab our free resource. It's the newsletter that I send out. Literally dozens of ways to create more freedom in your life. Like Amy Palmer. She's been chasing her real and true passion and that's really what power women tv and powerwomentv.com has led to let's talk about what this is exactly amy and and how did it get started what was it born from so power women tv power women tv was born out of 
um, when I was running around doing New York 360 and I was leading this like very Sarah Jessica Parker sex in the city life, <laughs> sure. I, was, yeah. I was on the side of buses, you know, I really did That's live awesome. that life and it was so fun. But I realized that the women that I was meeting were, they were so much more interesting to me than the celebrities that I, that I was mm. interviewing mm-hmm. and I, there was no show for them. And I was very interested also in the women on Wall Street. This was, you know, before 2008 and and the whole uh, meltdown. But I I was very, I was fascinated by them because I thought, well, what about these women? What qualities do they have that they could survive on on Wall Street, which is predominantly men? Right. So I... um, I thought originally that I would do a show about women in finance, but then it became bigger and I started to see the rise of the, of the female entrepreneur. And I took my contacts again, taking my contacts that I had from MTV and New York 360. And I just called people or emailed them. And I said, Hey, listen, you know, my first, my first email was to the guilt group. And mm. are you familiar with, yeah. with who they are? Okay. Mm-hmm. It was two girls. They went to Harvard and they had this idea for an online clothing company. I said, I want to interview you for this new online series about women and entrepreneurs. And they said, of course, come to our warehouse in Brooklyn. It was one warehouse in the Brooklyn Navy Yard. And I spent the afternoon with these two girls who were in their early 30s and from there, it just grew. It was just every woman entrepreneur in New York City wanted to be featured on this new show that that was all about women entrepreneurs. Yeah. I also uh, had reached out to Ariana Huffington, who was about two years into the Huffington Post. Mm. And I told her what I was doing. I said, I want to interview you. And she said, I can't, I, I don't have time to be interviewed right now, but I'm going to give you a column. And why don't you put those videos on that column on the Huffington post. And I never forgot that because she was here. I was just, you know, this young woman trying to do something. And she just said, just here, here's a column. And here's, here's my platform for your videos. Hmm. So, um, I would put the videos on the Huffington post, right? Cause that was a great distribution outlet. And that allowed me to book bigger guests. Built in traffic. I, right. I may or may not be using that same model. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, but this was 2009, 10 yep. when it was really new. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was kind of unheard of. That wasn't really a thing back then. Um, so I, I started to just build that out. And before I knew it, I was getting calls from around the world from, I mean, the middle East of all places, Someone emailed me saying, we want to license the name Power Women TV Middle East, which is strange, right? Because you would think, why would the someone in the Middle mm. East want to do Power Women TV? I opted not to do that. But what it told me was, this is bigger than what I think it is. Uh, I wrote a business plan. I got an investor. And that's when I stopped being an entertainment reporter. And I built out, I became a CEO mm-hmm. and a founder, which was, is a whole other you know, evolution of self. And I built out, uh, 300 pieces of video content in my apartment with two other women and a crew of two guys from NBC who Mm. I had hired. And we just, all we did was shoot and edit, shoot and edit. And I created a network. So we focus on, uh, business, uh, family, um, parenting, career, uh, food, um, health, and it's anything that has to do with women. 
and I had this library of content. I put it in New York City's Taxi TV, which was a great distribution channel mm. at the time in 2013. Everyone wanted to be on it. Mm-hmm. I got it pressed everywhere. The Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg, New York Post, uh, MSNBC. And then I found Time Inc. or Time Inc. found me. And they you know, said, can you create content for us? I started to create content around women. We had Microsoft come in and buy one of the series that I created. And then they said, we want to become an official partner with you. And they licensed my content and the content exists on Time Inc. And now we're in the process of creating new programs for them. So it sounds easy, but it's been (laughs) about eight or nine years of a lot of hard work, Mm -hmm. sweat and tears. Yeah. Well, yeah. when you look back, right, the the dots connect, like Steve Jobs says, and it does look like it was all simple and meant to be. But I know I know different. So that is that is. So let me ask you when you're when you're doing this, it sounds to me how let me just ask it this way. How important is listening? It's so important because through listening, you're able to understand what the other person wants, and then you can tailor what you, what you, how your interaction is with that person, right? So when Time Inc. comes to me and says, we want to create content for women, this is what Microsoft is looking for, I will do anything I can to just create something that they like, to what they're looking for, as mm-hmm. opposed to, no, you guys don't fit into what I'm about. You have to fit into what they're about in order to get the opportunities. Mm. And I think that that's also a theme that people can take away. If you want the opportunity, be nimble and be flexible. Mm. Don't be so rigid. Oh, we don't do that. We don't offer that service. We don't. Yes, you do. And you'll figure it out. Sounds like that was the first. It's going back to the same. The first lesson that you learned. <laughs> Just right. oh, the opportunity, yes. you know. I love animation. I love Beavis and Butthead. What do you need me to do? <laughs> yes, that is still what I do. Uh, that's 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 amazing. And listening, like to you know, to the market. What is, what are people looking for? And being like being flexible and ready to do that. And uh, that uh, that's 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 powerful. Um, what would you say, Amy? Because you've really had. Um, and you've had the ability to sit with a lot of people, whether that be celebrity or celebrity business entrepreneur, whoever you want to CEO these these people in in, in on camera and off. What are some of the lessons that that, uh, that you've learned in 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 those meetings? I find that the people who are the most successful like the people who've really achieved an incredible amount of success Hmm. are so wonderful to be around and so giving. And I found that there's a generosity of spirit in people who, who have achieved so much. And I think that it goes both ways. I think that because they're that way, they are successful Hmm. as opposed to those who are, uh, insecure and angry and hateful. It's, it's, it goes hand in hand for me. Uh, you know, for instance, Barbara Corcoran, right? Mm-hmm. So we interviewed her and she, she said, yeah, come on up to my apartment. Well, we didn't know that going up to her apartment meant take your shoes off on my white rug, come in, <laughs> you know, why don't you have lunch with me and my husband? Wow. 
um, hang out for a couple of hours, really get to know my home, get to know my family. What else can I do for you? How can I help you? I mean, that's really, that's, that's a lot that that's a generosity of spirit. Um, even working at MTV and being around the biggest stars in the world, you know, like a Halle Berry or a Tom Cruise, or there's really, um, an element of, of it's, it's humble. It's, it's a humility they have. Hmm. Um, that's what I find the most successful people are is that they are humble and they're generous in spirit. Hmm. That's important. Uh, I think that, man, you know, cause I'll put it this way. Can and this is this will kind of echo what you just said. So I've interviewed, you know, with radio, you get to interview a lot of people, and mm-hmm. and um, you find that everyone's different. Some of the interviews are are on the phone and they're very quick, and some are in person and they're a lot different. But I've interviewed everybody from like Lady Gaga to like Jesse, the Reverend Jesse Jackson, right, civil rights guy. So you know. The thing that I found is that some of these celebrities, and I, I, I guarantee you know exactly what I'm going to say here, but some of them can be a bit difficult. Now, the ones who have the biggest egos and are the biggest problems are usually the smaller celebrities, the C-lister. Kind the reality of, stars. Yeah. And the, and the big ones that, that are great will bend over backwards to talk to you about anything. They're very humble. Like all of those things that you just said. Yeah. And I find that also, you know, I've been on every TV set there is because I was reporting for everybody. And the best anchors are the people who would welcome you into their home, mm. right? So they're, mm-hmm. they're, as you know, being a radio host, that's your home. And those are the people who made you feel at ease. And if that anchor did not feel secure or were threatened or, or not as talented, you knew it. And so I, mm. I really think it goes hand in hand. And I have to say, people, you know, and this is a good lesson. I had to learn this lesson, too. When you get your first bite of success, it's very hard to, to hard to tell yourself. Like, I mean, I think everybody out there feels they're destined for something greater, right? Because mm-hmm. we all are. We all have that ability within us. But when you get that first taste of it, it's very important to realize that it's fleeting mm-hmm. and that you have to do everything possible to maintain your sense of respect for it, mm-hmm. humility for it, because it can go away in a second. And so the people who are, don't have an attachment to it, it doesn't define them are really the people who are able to maintain their businesses, their brands, their success. And that's something that I still grab, you know, I still grapple with that. Um, you know, I've, I had a lot of success in the early days of power women. I was everywhere. I had people saying to me, Oh, you're going to be the next Oprah. You're a genius. You're this and that. Right. Mm -hmm. But they don't see the behind the scenes of, I need to manage the investment and mm-hmm. I've never done this before. And, you know, there's a lot of jealousy and there's a lot of resentment and there's a lot of, of things that go into success that people don't realize. Right. Mm. And so as someone who is riding the wave of success or aiming for success, the way you handle success says a lot more about you than the way you, I'd say it equally says about you of how you handle failure. Mm-hmm. Because if you're super successful and you're not cool about it, that says a lot about you. 
So I would, you know, it's, 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 it's a, it's a measuring tool, both, Mm. both ends of the spectrum. That's, that's big. I think, uh, I think that's where we'll leave it, man, because that's a big lesson right there. Thank you, Amy, for, for, uh, for doing this today. Cause of course you, I mean, you got some great, and I can't wait to see what else you're going to do. And, and I'd love to, you know, if I can help you anyway, let me know, but you are, you are doing amazing things. And, uh, it's so cool that you are able to take something that you love and something that you're so passionate about and lift other people up with it. Well, I appreciate that. And thank you. And the same with you, if I can help you in any way and we're connected on social media now, so we'll be able to see what, what we're, what we're both up to. Absolutely. Again, the website is powerwomentv.com and Gracie Gray doesn't even have a website. (laughs) No, but I am on, I am on Instagram, Amy Palmer TV, Snapchat, Amy Palmer, and you can just really Google me and you could see all of my content. It's very cool. And I I will put all those links too in our, uh, in our, in our show notes, if people want to want to check that out. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Of course. Thank you for having me. You're awesome. Thanks so much. Another great episode in the books. Thanks to Amy Palmer from PowerWomenTV.com. And thank you for being a part of this community. We appreciate it because without you, this doesn't happen. Part of the reason we like to have these conversations, I like to sit down with these people. Yeah, it's selfish. I want to hear their stories. I want to learn the lessons that they've learned too. But really, the reason that this podcast even exists is that we want to put it on record. I want to share this with you. So your feedback, your support, it definitely matters. As a matter of fact, you can help us by leaving a five-star rating and a review on the iTunes podcast store. Just go to justinbarclay.com slash podcast. Leave a five-star rating and a review. And if you've got a blog or a podcast or maybe uh, some sort of social media handle, your Twitter, et cetera, that you'd like to promote. I'd love to help you and give you a plug so we can support each other in the community here. That's literally what it's all about. And we'll do that next week um, for you too. So go to justinbarclay.com slash podcast and we'll help you out again. Get great tips, tricks, inspiration, tools to help you build an amazing blog, business, brand, Maybe you even want to write that book or start that podcast that you've been thinking about at justinbarclay.com, or you can text in the word Justin to 44222, put in your email, and of course, you're in. It's the VIP, literally dozens of ways, tricks that you can create more freedom in your life and live life on purpose. Cheers to you, by the way, and your life on purpose. Yeah.